0: Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Trek Chat, a podcast brought to you by Trek on the Tube. I am your usual host, Sean, and I am joined today by two esteemed guests, two wonderful guests, the uh, usual, the traditional, the... Oh, it's boring. It's always the same guest. No, I'm kidding. Starfleet boy, how are you doing? Thank you so much for being here yet again.
1: Thank you for having me on, and I'm glad that I've become boring and routine. Thanks. That was nice.
0: No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, we also have uh, a wonderful guest uh, over from the Trick Culture team. Paul, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm,
2: I'm happy to be the unusual guest.
0: All right. Uh, today, we're not doing a podcast uh, or a complete episode in French. We're sticking to English. We're talking in the, the language of my audience. Of yeah,
1: I feel really good that we're audience. following that episode because you can only go up from that French episode, in my opinion. Oh that oh
0: how kind. How <laughs> kind. you didn't even listen to it, I'm sure. No, I didn't did.
1: listen to it. I didn't understand anything you were saying, but I heard like je vais je veux, and all that. Did you stuff.
0: listen to the whole thing? Or, no. or some of it?
1: Ten minutes, okay. fifteen minutes,
0: tops.
2: I I just like to point I'd like to point out that English is federation standard apparently, so you know, and French <laughs> yes. is a dead language and stuff. Star-
0: that's right. That's right. It's uh, how did Data put it? He basically said it was a dead language. Yeah. So yeah. So screw French. We're talking. We're talking English here. <laughs> that's how it is. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about character arcs in uh, Star Trek: The Franchise not just shows, because now we have character arcs that span over multiple different shows and over years and years and years. And uh, yeah, good ones, bad ones, ones that kind of interest us, or maybe ones that we would want to see. Paul, put you on the spot. Do you have anything, any, anyone in particular that you wanted to talk about? Yeah,
2: I mean, I've been thinking about like the first character arc that comes to mind chronologically, I think is Worf's character arc on TNG. I think that starting with... Uh, God, now I'm I'm losing. Is it? Uh, it's the one where they go to the Klingon planet in the third season. Um,
1: oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and not the one where he's a Chedi. Shed. I should know this. We just watched TNG like very recently and talked about it. But anyways, I I know what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, it's Relative.
2: really sad that I can't remember. But uh, Worf's arc uh, with his discommendation through the Klingon Civil War um, to me, that's like the most arc, uh, the most prominent arc in TNG and to my memory the earliest arc that i can like remember
1: yeah i think that was like the first earliest like i guess like the intentional arc right cuz you could you count spock that spock is who i think about because he's in like everything except voyager and enterprise
0: yeah th- but that's not that, like an, i mean everything yeah. counts as character arcs but it wasn't like intentional in the sense right, that right, every right. new season or every new film that came out just expanded on his story Whereas, it, it became that, but, like, it didn't start out that way. I would it's say. also
2: not yeah, there was particularly a- coherent, whereas the war storyline, at least in TNG, yeah. a little bit through Deep Space Nine, though I think Deep Space Nine kind of restarts a new arc for the guy. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it, that's hmm. the, the closest to, like, a modern story arc, again, that I can remember. Um, TOS definitely didn't have anything like that. And you can't, like, you can contrive a story arc for Spock what with, you know saving the ship and the wrath of Khan and then, you know, being resurrected and you, you can, you can cobble uh, a story arc together, but, um, the way they handled the
0: is it sins of the father, It's sins
2: of the father. Yeah.
0: With the, the whole Romulan thing.
2: Yeah. And I mean, like that, even, I mean, it's not just Worf, you know, uh, because like it, you know, they, they, uh, kind of carry that storyline into, uh, my God, I can't, I can't, I can't think of any of these episode names now on the spot, but the, <laughs> The one... That's the
1: effect of track <laughs> chat. That's the track chat effect. The one where they uh, brainwash
2: Geordi, and then it, you know, that feeds into Redemption. Well, I'm not good with episode names, episode
0: titles. I'm, Poor Geordi's been that.
1: tortured a lot on TNG, so it's easy for you to like blend them in. But yeah, it's the one. It's the first time they're messing with his visor, visor where where they like make him like they can make him kill. Basically, it's like right? the man, like is that
2: candidate?
1: the one? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And he spills the drink instead, or something. I, yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, he I does remember. do that.
0: I remember that. By extension, we get Wolf's, like we get Alexander's story arc as well. But that's a that's a bit more disconnected. But that is part of than, than Wolf's actual story. That is
2: part of the the discommendation arc, though. Uh, at least because it's uh, you get Kalar in reunion coming aboard with Alexander. And you've got uh, Duras and Gauron being introduced.
1: Mm. It's a really good. That's. I feel like you. We can't talk about anything else except Worf now because <laughs> like, that's a really good one. And he spans like two shows of a TOS movie, like through his Colonel Worf, his great. You know, like there's so much Worf, so much uh, like you know, enriching of that storyline
0: and the Kidimer. It's tied into Kitomer. That's cool. Yeah. I feel like he grows a lot more in uh, in Deep Space Nine as a character, though, because I, I, Deep Space Nine feels like the growing Wolf, the character, whereas TNG feels like they kind of, I, I guess, to some certain extent, using Wolf as a tool to elaborate and enrich the Klingon culture as a whole. No, right?
1: I, I disagree. I think he's... He's one of the rare exceptions where, like, a character is so focused on, especially later seasons. I feel like Worf's popularity, like, just grew, and so I felt like there were a lot of Worf-centric uh, stories. I feel, I feel like he had an arc. Yeah, I think in his personal TNG. life, is, in like, t- character arc yeah. in TNG
2: is his personal life is is a uh, more he it gets more focused than you know some kind of like Worf sci-fi story. It's you know if they're going to do a Worf story, it's generally about his relationship with Alexander or. You know his relationship with the other crew, and he doesn't like play too prominently in the major sci-fi stories so much.
0: Well, it's mostly about um, like cultural um, stories and, and and adapting to like different lifestyles, I guess, or like embracing his past, embracing his present. It, it, those those are the kind of stories that they go in. they don't go into like high high sci-fi concepts with Wolf. Right.
1: You don't think turning into a um, crustacean and de-evolving is a high. Uh, a sci-fi concept
0: that's not a warf episode that's not a warf specific thing though <laughs> no it's true i it?
1: know i know i just teasing. i just wanted to throw that one in there because i love it <laughs> uh,
0: at the risk of being hated upon i also quite enjoyed the deanna warf relationship i'm I'm one of those people i
2: mm. thought that wasn't
0: bad yeah that was bad well you disagree with that you you well, disagree after
1: it's because of jadzia it's Jad-Zia <laughs> is it and it? no warf, you warf. disagree because
2: it's anxiety don't you
1: right yeah also that yeah yeah she she and Riker I feel like work better for me, but um... you know
2: before uh, before uh, their Nepenthe and Star Trek Picard I was adamantly opposed to the two of them being married. I thought that that was like oh wow the weakest mm-hmm. easiest storytelling that yeah you know, they couldn't just be friends with this past they had to be like star crossed lovers or meant to be right you know? right but Nepenthe kind of. that that sold it for me you know they like they work perfectly their
0: wedding in nemesis didn't like that didn't consolidate the fact that they were together Mm.
2: i mean it did but like
1: i could see how you could think they would get divorced later like han and uh, leia did
0: no i just didn't think they should get
2: married at all like i thought that that (laughs) oh at all i thought that misunderstood (laughs) the characters (laughs) like i thought that they had just become such close friends that they didn't need to be in a romantic relationship anymore
0: yeah yeah, they were they were like young love, but then they grew out of it, in a sense, and now they have their own lives. Yeah. Though, I mean,
2: I, it does make perfect sense that they'd get back together later in life. It just, for me, just didn't seem necessary in Nemesis, but most of Nemesis wasn't necessary.
0: Well, Picard did a good job at, like, kind of picking up the pieces on that.
2: With everyone, really. I mean...
0: It, it, it's a prelude to like TNG or to, to, to Nemesis.
2: You mean like an epilogue?
0: Yeah. Epilogue, oh, Sorry, yeah, that's my bad. Meant. My bad, yes. Uh, Kira is, uh, she's not my favorite character in all of Star Trek, but Kira is probably one of the characters that I think of immediately when I think of like big character arcs Star- in Star Trek. Yeah, oh, interesting. I I feel like she grew so so much from that first season to like the last one. Granted, it it might be because, you know, they they got better at writing her and because the performance was so good, but I feel like Kira grew so much.
1: I'm not complete with Voyager, but I'm really interested in 709 uh, and her arc and how it'll pan out throughout the show. What does that mean? You're not complete
0: with
2: Voyager.
1: Yeah, I I know. So I like. So when Voyager aired, I was like a poo-pooer. I was like, no, this is not my Star Trek. <laughs> like, they've gone too far. So- <laughs> Hashtag not my Trek. <laughs> right,
2: what are they going to do? You're a Star Trek YouTuber <laughs> and you haven't watched all of Voyager.
1: Yeah, I haven't finished Voyager. I'm on the journey. I just finished Enterprise. I had to detour and finish Enterprise because uh, Earl Grey Trekkie was super excited about it. So shout out to him. Unsubscribe. But, <laughs> but now I'm going back to I'm going back to Voyager. I enjoy it. I enjoy Voyager. I'm not like one of those people that dislike it anymore, but at the time, so here's what happened to me with Voyager. I was like DS9 and Voyager. I didn't finish when they aired uh, for two reasons. One, like I, I got into like my, I became like 21, 22 around that age. And so like my priorities shifted from like, I guess I got cool all of a sudden. And so my party shifted to like going out to clubs and like, you know, dating boys and stuff like that. And so I stopped watching Star Trek altogether. Uh, But also I was just like over it. I was like, no, I wanted an enterprise based TV show. Like I wanted the next generation of the next generation. So I was like, uh, I don't care about Voyager or deep space nine. So afterwards, like, like years later people were like you're an idiot like you should watch deep space nine so i bought the whole dvd collection and watched deep space nine and i loved it and then i bought season one through three of voyager and i meant to watch it but then other stuff happened and i never did and now streaming's here and so now i'm gonna finally finish voyager
2: i mean you're just so late it's it's shocking to me i mean like voyager (laughs) it's
1: terrible (laughs) it's really bad it's true.
2: <laughs> Voyager was like one of the most watched shows on Netflix. Um, that's not really accounting for its quality, which I don't. I don't think it's a very good show. But I mean, I just, I just don't know anybody, even non Star Trek fans, who hasn't seen, you know, Voyager.
0: And I hadn't seen it's, Enterprise. It, it is the most either, either. Yeah, well, well, I mean, I'm talking about stats that I saw a few years ago. This is when Discovery was beginning. They had stats on Netflix showing that Voyager was the like it was the most rewatched show on Netflix. People, everyone was going back and rewatching Voyager. Yeah. Maybe well, because it, they didn't see it like you, I don't know, or maybe because everyone wanted to give it a second chance. I,
1: I remember it being uh, to folks that were younger than myself, like I, like my cousins who were younger, my friends who had little brothers. Uh, those guys were mad into Voyager for various reasons. Uh, you know, it was a Star Trek show it was cool. It used to air on Spike or something like that. And then of course the objectification of, you know, yeah. seven of nine with the thing, like, you know, what teenage kid, you know, who identifies heterosexual isn't gonna be like, oh my gosh, what's going on? What's happening to me? You know, when they see her or when they see Kate <laughs> so, Mulgrew uh
2: submerged yeah. in bubbles in the bathtub with just her shoulders go, exposed. Exactly. And like, oh what's this?
1: Exactly. that's like too much. That's too much, it's true. But uh, but yeah, Seven's (laughs) character is my favorite so far. I really like her and I'm really curious because I like her in Picard, so I'm missing information from what happened so we have to forward. talk about
0: this again once you've finished voyager you can t- because no, you i can feel spoil like it's
1: no, there's no, spoil no not, after not someone who has not spoiling it for 30 that, years
0: <laughs> it's just that you can't count you can't counter argue it because i feel like uh, picard as it stands currently has kind of undone some of the work that voyager did in regards to seven's character i think that's a it's well, um, a hard disagree on my part but please go on oh wow no, well, I'm, I feel I'm like, glad I
1: brought this up now. <laughs> oh yes, I, no. So I, I, I,
0: I. Then again, one could argue, you know, life isn't. I suppose unidirectional. Like the 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 growth that you're going to go on isn't just like in one set path. But I feel like Seven was. She's basically a sociopath. She's really crazy in voyager she's always got those radical solutions she wants to space this person she wants to blow up the ship you know what i mean but uh janeway's always kind of holding her back and trying to help her find her humanity and uh, she doesn't
1: seem psycho so far like in in season five just fyi well she's not
0: screaming at people and what have you but she's she's very kind of extreme i see her as
1: someone who's yeah but i see her as someone who's like struggling and then who hasn't had Like, who kind of similar to Burnham and to Paul, like they're being exposed to humanity in a way, which is like daunting, Mm. or you know, it's like kind of like not daunting, but um, it's troubling. It can be troubling if you're not used to
0: emotions and expressing them in that way. I also, but in that sense, I've always seen um, Janeway as like her mother or a mother figure to her. And I feel like how she's become or what she's become in Picard would be something that would very much disappoint. Janeway because I feel like Janeway would still be very Starfleet she wouldn't be on board with this Fenris Rangers thing at all and so yeah that that's where I stand on that
1: what if you found out like in season two of Picard that Janeway is actually like the source the funding source like the, the founder what, I would I just, be, yeah who I keeps... would I
0: would be blasting Terry Matalas be like yo wow you better justify this I think I, I mean, if it's well written, it's fine.
2: But. I actually think that's a pretty interesting idea, but I think I would be more interested in just Thank seeing you. an episode or or even like a novel about how Seven and Janeway parted ways or fell out or, you know, and uh, Sean, what you said about it not being like a linear, uh, you know, trajectory from Voyager to Picard, I think it's part of the point of Picard is that things that you expect, like that the way these people's lives have turned out is not what you would necessarily expect, but is relatively realistic for a sci-fi, you know, franchise like Star Trek.
0: Mm. Well, they're in space. They're in the future. There's like infinite possibilities, right? Of how life can, they've got much more possibilities than what we have, I suppose, stuck on earth today. Yeah.
2: And I just think that, you know, seven becoming a Fenris Ranger, uh, rather than being, you know, a Starfleet officer, Uh, Makes sense to me with the way Starfleet's, uh, you know, portrayed in Picard that, you know, people like Picard and Seven might have become disillusioned with it. And so they, Mm -hmm. you know, they go about saving the galaxy in other ways or Picard retires and then decides to save the galaxy. But, you know.
0: I could be sold on this, like if they really did a Seven of Nine spinoff or like a Fenris Rangers because I would love a Fenris Rangers show that kind of uh, dives into, I suppose, this no man's land that exists now uh, where the Romulan Empire used to be. Um, And I would love that. And if they were to give us flashbacks into how kind of Seven transitioned from who she was to who she is now maybe that would like kind of help me along with it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think a seven of nine spinoff show would be, I mean, obviously any, everybody would watch that, but uh, yeah, uh, I mean, like uh, this is off topic, but I mean, doesn't it feel like <laughs> new, new Star Trek right now, every other episode you think to yourself or somebody says on Twitter, I want to spin off about that. Like, where does it end?
0: That's so true. No, I I agree. That's so true. I agree. It's because I I feel like before you would watch one episode and you'd be like, well, that that was an amazing episode, but now. Uh, with this like kind of expanding franchise, you know, cinematic universe world that we live in. It's like every episode of every show could like become its own thing. Like, oh, why don't we follow these characters on this planet? Why don't we follow this? That's going Do you on. think here? That
2: That's because the writing is flawed and you're not satisfied with what they're presenting or that it's like too superficial. So they're not giving you like enough of it to like make that uh, satisfying complete story. Is that, is that what that is?
1: Yeah, I think it's. I think everything's kind that of a tease. Could be it. There's a little bit of a tease quality that, yeah. to everything. But these are so, ongoing shows. So Navarre,
0: Navarre in Discovery could be a prime example of that. Like we go to Navarre, but we don't go to Navarre. We just kind of hover over it, and have one ceremony, uh, uh, in in on the Discovery. Yeah, and then we leave. I mean, and so we've we don't know what happened. We don't know who who's there. What's going on? It would be interesting to dive into that.
1: I think it's hard to tell exactly, but you know these are ongoing shows, so we don't have the benefit of like seeing what the ultimate story is. But yeah, these things are. I feel like shows in general today plant a bunch of like seeds, but then nothing becomes of them. But then again, you know TNG kind of well. TNG wasn't trying to be serialized or tell like a you know grand story. TNG planted the literal seed of all the even, species. <laughs> But I feel like even DS Nine might have planted some seeds in season one and two that they never, you know, nourished or or whatnot. I think it. I think in, in large part it does depend on the reaction of, especially more so today, whether this is like something that like is admitted or not. Um, oh wow, we got a raised hand. Hand raised. <laughs> Go ahead, Paul. I don't. I didn't have a
2: real point. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I thought that that was the mute button. Oh, that's no, no! <laughs> I've got a siren going off behind me. So I he was know, trying to was mute, trying to mute, mute myself. That's what but... he was doing.
1: <laughs> that's so funny. You believed me. No, the mute button's a little microphone. Press it now. Oh, that's what the sirens were. Yeah. Kind of okay. That's funny.
2: <laughs> well, you, you can cut that part well, out.
0: <laughs> he, he literally called the police on you. Your point was so flawed. That was awesome. was so was... so
1: no, but I guess what I, I guess ultimately what I was trying to say is that um, we'll have to see and judge them. Truly, when the shows have ended, like I feel like because that's that's part of my problem with, um, with uh, in general, just like you know, those of us who are really into doing this, like I'm always guessing what's going to happen, and so there's that piece of it that, like, I think sometimes later on when you see how it all ends, oh yeah, maybe Navarre wasn't that important, you know, uh, in the grand scheme, like maybe the payoff is worth the sacrifice of not knowing more about Navarre or whatever.
2: Yeah. You know, I, it's, I don't want to be too hard on discovery or Picard um, because they are kind of in their infancy at the same time, TV shows don't have like the shelf life they once did. And you kind of are forced to get it right or, you know, early on or not at all.
1: It's a great point.
2: Um, yes. So discovery now it's, that it's in the 32nd century it's got, you know, maybe it'll actually like take the time to explore its setting. It didn't really do that in, in season three, but I understand that they were mm-hmm. like trying to set up a lot of stuff and, you know, trying to resolve a couple of plot threads from season two. That's fine. Discovery now has the opportunity to go to Navarre. It looks like they are at least going to incorporate, um, you know, Tarina, the president of Navarre into season three and or season four, in some capacity. Picard has the opportunity to delve you know, more into Seven of Nine's backstory and to maybe flesh out the world of the now 25th century. But, you know, if these shows are like traditional Star Trek shows, they wouldn't really be taking advantage of their settings or the world until well into their run. You know, it's just like, yeah we just like have these high expectations for these shows because we're used to television being little mini movies that work pretty well right from the get-go or we don't watch them.
1: What show did it did did that for you first? Like where you were like, "Oh, this show's like from the start to the end like pretty pretty cl-
2: close to flawless." Uh, gosh, I mean Mindhunter, The Mandalorian,
0: uh you know, I mean I most Yeah, The Mandalorian. Generally speaking though, it's shows that have like um anthology seasons. Like if you take a True Detective, like True Detective season one is impeccable and flawless. It's like a masterpiece, but then it, it doesn't have like the kind of trap of needing to go on for like seven seasons. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's only got one season to really, so they can write it from beginning to end, really polish it, and then they can deliver it.
2: Yeah, uh, for mm. all mankind, I think is, um, it, you know, and it's. I have to watch it,
0: that. So so many so many people are telling me to watch that. Yeah, I have to watch it too. Yeah,
2: and it's kind of like it's kind of like the perfect hybrid between traditional TV and like the new, more anthology-esque model, you know, um, it's got most, you know, it follows generally the same group of characters, but over the course of, you know, a couple of decades. So you skip over like huge swaths of storytelling, but you're not necessarily, you don't need to see how everybody got from A to B to C, you know, if the characters are interesting and like that, if it makes sense or it, you know, uh, creates these it's kind compelling kind of what Vikings stories.
0: did at some point. If you guys no, have seen never Biking watched this, I'm thinking now. So bring it back to character arcs. Do you like the shows that we have nowadays? Considering the seasons are much shorter, maybe it's unfair to judge them the same as like Voyager, or DS9, or TNG. Because I feel like they have just less room to expand on, like the little personal you know interactions, the little details that make the characters kind of grow and make them who they are. Like everything that a character has to do on, on one of these shows kind of has to be plot driven. Like even Detmer's um, struggle uh, and, and the PTSD and everything that she was going through in this season of Discovery. That was all like linked to the plot itself and to how everyone's feeling homesick or, you know, kind of coming to terms with what they've done. So, so maybe that has like an impact on, on character arcs as a whole.
2: Yeah, I've thought about that myself. I, I I'm often trying to excuse Discovery for its uh, its uh, sketchy character work. I mean, that that <laughs> is a reason. Um, I don't think it's a great excuse, though.
0: Boom.
1: Going back to Spock for a second, whether oh, he ha- whether he Spock. counts in this discussion or not, one thing I really love is that again, unintentional arc, or let's just say like accidental arc, is that Spock kind of is the character that is Star Trek. Like he his arc is Star Trek. Like he starts out in the original series. He even goes into he dies in another universe where we kind of like reboot Star Trek a little bit. You know, like the whole like he influences a whole new gang of you know uh the tos crew it's like it's weird it's it's a weird cool that's a sci-fi crazy crazy thing too. And so he has and now with him on discovery I feel like there's this arc that you can form. I know it's not like an intentional arc, but I just like it. I like the story
0: of Is Spock. it dangerous though to play that game where you have be it intentional or not, you have a Spock kind of life that's been established. Is it dangerous to go back in there and try to like fill in blanks? Do we need no, those blanks necessarily well. filled well, in? for
1: me it worked well in discovery. Like um at first I was a little reticent, but I really enjoyed seeing lumberjack spock or like that's what i call him but you know like seeing spock in this like kind of vulnerable state in his life and like also discovering his relationship with burnham that was really cool and then it like just makes sense seeing knowing spock in you know his later years and just how private he is in general like it makes sense that he never would have said anything about burnham and plus the classified thing it all worked out really like really delightfully i guess is the word for me
2: not for me Uh, um, I, I really like Lumberjack Spock. I like Ethan Peck as Spock. I, I have difficulty connecting his Spock to Leonard Nimoy
0: or Zachary Quinto. Um, I agree. that That's something that uh, – yeah. Yeah, I just – I said that on my videos – I'm I'm waiting for Ethan Peck to give us. I know that each actor wants to do their own thing because if you're just impersonating the actor that came before you, it's kind of soulless to some certain extent. But I'm waiting. for But that's him why to,
1: Zachary Quinto is brilliant. He doesn't really impersonate uh, he's, Leonard he's Nimoy, Calvin but he does. Spock.
0: That's a different character. No, though, but he
1: even no, but I'm saying like he does evoke Spock.
0: It's it's weird. Yeah, I, he's I, too I human that he is Vulcan. He's more human than he is Vulcan. <laughs> I feel like that one. Yeah, but yeah, I'm waiting for Ethan Peck to give us like the uniform Spock, like the bridge Spock that we that we saw in uh, at the, the end original of, series. Uh,
2: yeah,
1: hopefully in Strange New Worlds, we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's
2: a good point. We never see Spock yeah, really what... doing Spock stuff in Discovery or the Short Treks. It's all you know pre sitting there on the bridge of the Enterprise, Spock. Um, mm. But I, I don't. I don't want to be one of these people who you know who says, well, Spock never mentioned his sister and Sarek never mentioned adopting a human or any of that, you know, so it doesn't, didn't happen. But for me personally, it it does seem so inconsistent with things that, you know, had been already established that it's hard for me to look at discovery and feel that that's a cohesive early Spock than TOS's you know, middle Spock. And then, you know, it it just, for it, it, there's a disconnect there for me. Story, uh, and uh, actor-wise, and uh, it just doesn't it doesn't gel yet.
0: We'll see how strange the world handles that. Strangely enough, it's one of the things that I like the whole Sarek Burnham Spock kind of storyline. That's one of the things that I enjoyed the most. And for like what Discovery's delivered so far, I have like I have less trouble kind of connecting those dots than I have uh, just connecting the entire aesthetic of the show. And again, I. The same way you don't want to be one of those dismissive of, of Burnham's kind of existence. I don't want to be dismissive of, like, Discovery's aesthetic and, you know, they should have done the Klingons right, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I feel disconnected in that sense. I just honestly but need I, it to I, be It makes sense to reality. me that Spock didn't mention her. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of. That's the case I always well, that, make.
1: I, or at least that's just what you, That's what
0: you said in those season one reviews that we were doing. Well, I
1: always just said, like, just have... just say it's a reimagining no one will care anymore like once you say that like it's a reimagining or it's like whatever come out and say it say it and then 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 people will stop trying to fit it into this box that they're all trying to fit it into like I was even trying to fit in I mean I make the weirdest leaps of logic to try to connect (laughs) discovery to the original (laughs) series but but yeah so if you just say it's a reimagining then people can move on and and focus on the show I think you know those people like me are obsessed with like things like you know Lining up and stuff. Yeah, and this
2: is an old topic. So, what about lower dicks? What about it? Oh, sorry. Nah, well, I'll ahead. just I'll just finish the thought, gonna, and, uh, and then we'll talk about lower dicks. Like, it's an old it's an old conversation. Oh, discovery doesn't fit with the you know canon of TOS, or you know, it, it doesn't quite align.
1: That's but that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying the visual continuity specifically. It's not just like, the, the visual, visual continuity
2: just... though. It's the story continuity, it's the character continuity. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, it just doesn't quite work. It's a, it's t- it...
0: Yeah, it's canon bending. Right. Like it, it's not they haven't broken canon in a sense, but because, you know, breaking canon is something that kind of doesn't really exist. It's like you're creating canon every time you make something. It's just that now we have to really bend it and and make it fit, you know, to weave it together. Yeah. I'm definitely a cannon breaker I, I use continuity
1: <laughs> or official stuff. but but sorry finish your i, thought I
2: never should have used the word canon to begin with it's just like a hot <laughs> button um uh, it's like a trigger word um but uh i i just think four years in if we're still having this conversation they clearly haven't done a good enough job making discovery jibe with the rest of the franchise and they should do something about it
0: right Oh, wow, I, I am very like, okay, this is the first time I've actually heard someone say that, um, other than like me to myself. So you're so yeah. sheltered. You clearly
2: haven't um, been on the angriest yeah, well. parts of the internet. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hey, 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 I, look, and I, I'll say this, by the way, if you follow me, and if you listen to me, and if you you're with me on Twitter, and you retweet something from like the hate squad or whatever it is, then you are the only reason why I know they exist, because none of them are ever on my feed. You know what I mean? I'm not just wow, talking to you guys. Like I'm very, talking to like people that are listening to me. Yeah, it's but very, I, like, I, strong I've, I've never seen, I don't see any of the I videos. My filters are the seven tweets. feet
1: high. No tweets shall get through. <laughs> None shall pass. <laughs> None shall pass. No, um,
0: usually, usually when I see like harsh criticism or, or very like despicable tweets, it's because they've been retweeted by someone that's angry but, about that but tweet. But I don't think that we're itself. talking
1: about. We're, I don't think we're talking about that even. I think we're just talking about like the moderate Trekkie who kind of like has seen all the shows minus Voyager and is you know paying attention to like you know what. there's a feeling or a vibe that you're supposed to hit. It's that certain promise
0: that they had in in like, you know, that you that old promise that they said, Oh, we'll make everything fit by the end of the season. And then they say that every season, you know what I mean?
1: Well, they, I feel like this is the thing like that, occurred is that like we're in a whole new era of like feedback right in tv like before you had letter writers of course and you had people like you'd run into if you're known and you know if if you're a known producer and they ran into you in the street someone would tell you their piece of their mind or whatever but today like there's so many points of data or information that like come directly to the creators from you know various sources like we only i mean i spend a lot of my time on twitter but there's youtube there's facebook there's like facebook groups there's you know there's all kinds of places there's like instagram like there's so much telemetry coming into people creating shows so they made this decision and it's pretty like clear that like there was so much like confusion hatred drama whatever about discovery being set when it was and being like kind of you know what was happening is they're like we want to get away from this completely let's go like as far into the future as possible so we can have a chance at like telling our our story without like you know uh without all this like weight of like you know information and so i think they've done that like paul was saying earlier and so season 4 is going to be interesting to see like what happens next this will be i think a a thresh a new threshold for for that team picard like has less We don't that. need another
0: threshold <laughs>
1: <laughs> we don't Sorry, know. they they did the warp. They passed warp ten, and they ended up in the 30th century. Yeah, I don't know. I I just feel like that's that's the difference today. Is that like you just have so much telemetry about what you're creating that like it changes the game altogether. So what
0: I was gonna say about Lower Decks is I feel like even though they've only had one season and it's a very short season, they are the new show that has handled character arcs the best. Um, And I know the show is also still in its infancy, we haven't seen too much about these characters and they still have a lot of room to grow. But um, yeah, I feel like Boimler and uh, Mariner in particular grew a lot in that first season. And I'm pretty impressed with how that, how that came out.
1: Well, you can't compare it to Worf, but yeah, I, I would feel like, yeah. well, excuse me. <laughs> I would feel like, yeah, Lord X is in general, I think is like a surprising show for me. Cause I didn't expect it to be as fun and good as it is.
2: I, 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 I hear what you're saying. Um, I am struggling to really identify a character arc for these guys. Um, you know, but I will say that, their their characterization is uh, consistent th- throughout uh you know the first season in a way that like intertwines with the sci-fi or you know silly star Trekky story that they're telling that like their their character traits play into the story so you know rather than dealing with like their personal life Aside from their Starfleet life, all of that is very intertwined on Lower Decks, and that makes interesting character work. I can't say that Boimler, I mean, like, Boimler really hasn't, doesn't change that much in season one. Does he? I mean, I
1: think for Mariner's the only, Mariner's like a strong yes on that one because she starts out, I I think because we find out about her past and because we, it's an establishment of an arc, all of them. I would say is that because really like, again, these are ongoing shows. So we don't have the benefit of saying like, Oh yay, When the show finished, like this was the arc that they laid down. But I would say that they're establishing an arc and Mariner seems like the one that I can see most clearly, like I can see the end of that rainbow. Um, And then Boimler, I would say I could kind of see where they're taking him, but he's not as interesting as Mariner is to me. I like Boimler because he reminds me of myself in many ways, but mariner's the character that i'm like watching her story and i want to see how it ends and so on and so
2: yeah and i would i would say i feel like modern shows picard is the one that i mean obviously it's the most character yes. focused but it's the one with the most <laughs> successful character arc for picard my opinion
1: which for one god yeah for oh for picard himself yes oh wow
2: okay uh, i mean it's uh, i mean the show is almost entirely focused on bringing him from you know retired Picard who is out of touch with reality in a lot of ways to closer- To
1: back in the yeah, game. Back or yeah,
2: t- uh, b- back closer to the, the character that we knew from TNG, while still
0: being a It's a, a redemption,
1: new a redemption renewal story. Yeah.
0: Oof. I feel like most of like the, the arc that we saw of like Picard himself is kind of based in the uh, flashbacks than what happens in present day. I feel like he's just kind of like along for the no, ride yeah. for most of the season.
1: No, the flashbacks help to like enrich that. But I think like when we start the show out, he's as, well, he's as a pop-
0: bitter old man. This is what they he's want not, to show you.
1: Not necessarily bitter. You're like a little bitter. You're right. But he's like, it's, it's interesting because it picks up like right before this interview that he hasn't. So you do have to learn a lot about the last 20 years through like uh, exposition or, or through flashbacks. Um, but I would say that like, from the point where we start it's it's very easy to kind of hop in and say like oh yeah this makes sense like you know if such and such things happen that they've established through dialogue then you could see why picard would have ended up in this spot and he would have left starfleet and it all just like kind of like it it makes sense and then so you know like this by the end of the season or the end of the series like we want to get that person back we want you know not just not just picard the captain or the great leader but you know picard who enjoys archaeology and you know all the things the life needs to come back to this character who's kind of dead which is yeah i don't know
2: yeah one of the interesting things about those flashbacks is it's almost like picard was living his best life in the the in the in the story between the stories like after nemesis and before picard which is kind of a weird Mm. you know kind of a weird thing to do to the character um but you know.
0: Considering he never really liked the vineyard from what I remember?
2: Well, what I'm saying is like when he was on the Verity with Rafi, that seems to be, you know, when he was uh, going down yeah, to uh, uh, you know, Vashti. know
1: Romulans. Yeah. like,
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was, you know, Picard at his most well-adjusted. He, you know, uh, liked children. <laughs> the, and... crew,
0: the crew post TNG is, is the crew that he enjoyed the most and the missions that he loved the most. Uh,
1: maybe, well, maybe. not necessarily – And and not just necessarily that, but like maybe he, he, he he like reached a level of like, you know, when, when it's like graduating from high school, you spend like, you know, four years with the same people. And then when you go off Mm. to college, there's a whole new set of people. And like, it's not, it's not like that one thing is better than the other, but it is kind of because you're growing and you're progressing. And so he's doing things. I mean, like, you
0: freaking say... He's him he's, that, he's at peak Picard, but he doesn't have the vulnerability of being seen when he wasn't yet peak Picard. Like, the, the his crew... You guys know what I mean, or no? Does that not make sense? I'm, I'm totally like lost. Like, during TNG, he's still growing. So, everyone's seen him when he wasn't yet um Well, you suggest that, like...
1: You suggest that one stops growing at some point and they're just perfect. It's like, no, I don't think no, that No, happens. that's not
0: what I mean. But what I mean is like he's he's achieved like a certain level of confidence. Confidence. Sure. Okay, I see once, once 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 he's done his his mission on the Enterprise uh, D&E. Right. Um, and, and then he, he gets this new ship and this new crew. And so, he comes with that confidence and they, they don't see him grow in that sense. Like he's, he's already there. He's already prepared. I think it's more of like how can I do this without these guys?
1: And then he does it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like that kind of a story because it's like, when you're so connected, like, you know, like they could almost read his mind, like his crew, you know what I mean? And then to leave that and then start a new endeavor aboard the Verity and become like, you know, an admiral and all that stuff. Like there must've been this like moment where he wondered like, will I be able to do this? You know can I, well he kind of fails but still he's <laughs> he does do it he does go on and and do these other things and Rafi's an interesting character because you can tell he he really cares for her and they had like some kind of close close bond so yeah it'd be nice to visit that 20-year time period actually well oh, yeah I know, I you, you mentioned
2: Rafi that I mean, they they seem to have a, a a closer more personal relationship than he had with Riker you know and obviously she's the only character from his in between years that we can really, you know, gauge Picard off of. But, um, you know, she says she loves him in the finale and, you know, he kind of does his usual gruff Picard response to that at first, but it, it it's almost like there's like a hint of romantic love between them, which obviously wasn't the case with Riker. Like Riker's an old pal, an old colleague, but there's, <laughs> Raffi's either, you know, a potential love interest or, I mean, like, I don't want to get weird here, but like maybe a daughter, no, type, but maybe but, like, there's, there's a deeper bond between the two of them <laughs> in my, opinion.
0: maybe it's as simple as that lesson that he learned in all good things, which is, you know, you, you can still be friends with your crew, I guess. Cause he, he kind of, shatters that distance by sitting down at the poker table. Maybe he took that on to his new ship with his new crew and instead of kind of keeping that distance because he always kept that little distance with Riker. Maybe with like Rafi and the other people he he never did. And he just he just embraced his friendship with Riker. Which made his quitting I, that much
2: more devastating to Rafi. Devastating, yeah.
1: I, I definitely see that there's a cl- a different kind or a, a deeper closeness with Rafi. I don't know about Romantic, but well maybe because she lets he lets her call him JL. Like it, that seems like something you know. People were like, "Oh, JL, I hate that," because it's because we're kind of conditioned to think that he just wants to be Jean Luc Picard or, or Jean luc or you know, like that's how he always like kind of referred to himself. And so to hear this new like nickname, yeah, there's like some there's an intimacy there. I I ha- ha- I had
0: ha- 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 canon ha- that he puts up with, that. <laughs> and uh, that's.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think he's fond of it after so many years. I think he likes it, and I think he likes. That Rafi challenges him in ways that like that that the others did not. like, you know, kind of I guess counselor Troy comes close, but you know, Rafi, I think, is deep she cuts deeper. Uh, and yeah, and I can see the case for like some romance. There or some lo- romantic feelings at the very least.
2: Boy did Picard have a way of just ignoring Troy? You know, she would <laughs> often true. give him sound. <laughs> counseling advice and he would just tell her to go fuck off so you
0: know <laughs> she gets i mean mad. he literally tells her a nemesis to keep getting raped <laughs> for the good of the crew oh my so gosh. he's like you know you know whatever um i have to i have to go back to Boemla for at least just a second just to like save i don't know if it's his honor Your or point my, oh my opinion yeah. <laughs> yeah um i feel like boimler went from being a very by the book Person that wants to follow all of these rules that don't necessarily make sense when you're dealing with like first contact rules because they're very, you know, strange. to like he he grows not not only does he grow in confidence but he also grows to understand that uh, Mariner doesn't always follow the rules exactly but what she's doing is for the good of the people and ultimately that is the Federation or like Starfleet's true goal it's to help and to like spread kindness dare I say um, and so I feel like that's it's kind of in a sense commentary on on the federation itself or Starfleet itself and that's where he grew for me mm-hmm. and i feel like that was very good to do but in I think, only such a short amount of episodes but i think his story is
1: in that sense he he's still going to be growing in that same respect because i think he kind of thinks for me i think boimler hasn't changed much again i, I it's to me I, I it's hard to discuss arcs character arcs with shows that are ongoing especially mm-hmm. when is as virginal as as Dex is. Yeah, fresh. But what I will say is that, like, for me, Mariner's arc seems the furthest along
0: of all the other characters. Which I um, got the most screen time, I would think, as well. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, you take someone like Rutherford, I think he had, you know, the, the small arc that they gave him was kind of just taken away by the fact I that mean, they if you, took away his memory.
1: If you really want to be hardcore, we shouldn't have included any of the new shows in your discussion. We have to re-record everything, not including oh, any ongoing Lord. shows, only completed shows. And then okay, I couldn't so even who got those. any t- <laughs> who got any type of arc in Enterprise? <laughs> uh, T'Pol. Someone said on on Twitter, yeah, someone said on and on Twitter, someone said Hoshi T'Pol. had a had a solid arc
2: early on. Yeah, she did. Um, she was annoying early on, unfortunately, uh, and she became <laughs> not annoying later on. <laughs> uh, but uh, to Paul, for sure,
0: that's a win.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, if you go from annoying to not annoying, it's basically the that's best Hoshi out. got,
2: unfortunately.
0: <laughs> oh. Yeah, well, to, uh, to uh, uh, Hoshi and Travis, kind of, you know, they didn't get there. they didn't get their yeah, due in that show because
1: they, they could have. But I mean, it's only four seasons, but still, yeah, they got canceled.
0: But
2: in four yeah. seasons, they could have given the two non-white characters something to do.
0: Something to do. It's true. I agree. Thank you. It's they just the the interesting characters, and they could have I, you know they could have. Given, I feel like they were the youngest actors, and maybe like the the actors with the least experience. Because the vibe I get, and I'm not trying to shit on them at all. It's just the vibe I get is when I'm watching the show, I feel like they're the ones that kind of underperform in certain instances. But if they if they really challenged them and gave them those those stories, they I'm sure they could have really you know driven that that talent out of them.
2: Yeah,
1: to uh, to Paul's arc, I would say is even more. It's probably more clear and defined than Archer's.
2: Yeah, I couldn't Um, tell you what Archer's arc really is. Yeah, yeah. well, his uh, his arc (laughs) is essentially
0: becoming the president of the United uh, Federation of Planets. That's his arc, but then we don't see that. We kind of of gloss over how that happens. Was he President Archer eventually? Yeah. Is that what happens? Okay. Well, In the holodeck simulation that Reich is playing, he gives a speech. But that's not his presidential speech, is it? I thought it was just yeah, like the, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is. I didn't get that. First, How did I not get that? I just watched he's the He's the first president of the United, United Federation. That was not my read. Well, you didn't get that because they didn't do that. Yeah, that was not my read. Oh, it's not your fault.
2: I thought the only reference to Archer being president is on a screen in a mirror darkly where Mirror Archer is reading about the Prime counterpart's fate.
0: Oh, no. I think it's... I thought it was his inaugural oh. speech uh, that it was going to read. Um, for uh, Like they create the federation and you know, one, when they create it, they need a president. And so he's the one. Because his arc is bringing all of these species together. The Andorians. That's not
1: really his arc, arc. Yeah, his arc. Yeah, his like, a- I would say, that, no, again, he doesn't really, he kind of goes in a weird, I guess he never got back to, like he never had a true arc. I guess the biggest Paul, arc de- is
0: getting angry in the expanse yeah. but
1: in the four seasons that we get to Paul definitely goes from one place and ends in another like she definitely her story is very clear and very defined and she goes through the most I feel like her character yeah she got the most definition if
0: you will Neelix got a big arc even though everyone hates him
1: <laughs> what was his arc I don't I don't
2: know yet so tell me
0: Oh no, maybe he did. maybe he got the same arc as Hoshi. He went from like annoying to not not as annoying. Oh, gotcha.
2: <laughs> when did, when it? did that happen? Because I, I didn't I, I don't know when Neelix <laughs> oh, became it, less uh, annoying.
0: No, he goes from annoying to kind of cute once he manages to make Tuvok dance. Is that it? I haven't seen. I kind of don't
1: pay attention to Neelix. I hate to oh say this. Oh my god. Uh, but he's all right. He's just like there. He cooks. He's sometimes he's funny. That's it's his like, arc.
0: He's there. And then uh, at one point he's not there. Spoilers. Sometimes he's like, I think of Neelix as like this
1: weird product that was occurring. I think of him as like a Jar Jar. Oh my God. I knew you were going And I love the actor who plays Jar Jar. I'm just saying. It. And I love uh, Ethan Phillips. Ethan Phillips is amazing. Well. But Neelix, yeah, unfortunately, amazing, but, yeah, was written Neelix.
2: terribly. I mean, from the get go, yeah. they gave him, they made him so unlikable. And also the whole kiss thing is just too weird.
0: Yeah, it is pretty weird. Well, yeah, that's a bit um, a cringe, I suppose. So, like in those early seasons, to watch that—the whole Tom kiss Neelix thing—I, I, I didn't, I didn't like that.
1: So, you completionists, what's the best story arc in Voyager? What, do, what do I have to look forward to? Is it
2: Janeway?
0: Like, I actually think it's Tom and B'Elanna's relationship. Really? I think the best story yeah.
2: arc in Voyager isn't necessarily character arc. Oh, I should say okay, I mean, then sorry. let's say Seska. <laughs>
0: That's <gasps> <laughs> dear lord
2: no, um, <laughs> I, I, think, I think the uh, Kazon story arc in uh, Voyager's second and third seasons is the best that the show actually got unfortunately oh, wow. or at least the most consistent and and Seska plays a huge part in that though i wouldn't
0: part that yeah wouldn't call really? it really right? you like the kazon mm-hmm. you i think the vidians are much more interesting as like characters or as a species they are
2: but they're not they're not used the way the kazon were if they swapped the kazon for or the vidian for the kazon or you know any other like the kazon are not very interesting but the story that they tell about the kazon trying to capture no, void Klingons or... with big hair <laughs> uh, i mean I, I i i've heard that before the makeup looks <laughs> A little bit like it. And maybe if it they didn't look so cling on, people would like them a little bit more. But anyway, I mean, I could go on about the k but, <laughs> but I have unpopular opinions about Star Trek.
0: But that's fine. That's
1: good. They're rare opinions, um, not unpopular. Sad, sad,
0: sadly, though, I'm gonna have to cut this a bit shorter than usual. Usually, we we run on for like an hour. Did we uh, offend have to you leave. or something? What
1: happened? Oh, you have to. Yes, yeah, absolutely.
0: No, I gotta go because <laughs> I gotta to put, put baby on the tube to bid. So um, you
1: you made it past 45 minutes. That's a a solid podcast.
0: Yeah, that's what I think. That is I was I was thinking like as as long as we run past the forty five minute mark, we're good. So I just felt Initially like I was just getting I started there. I was just getting revved up.
1: I know. I was like this I thought this was gonna be a three hour tour myself because <laughs> we can come back
2: for a part two <laughs> if you guys
0: want. I got no problem we'll with come that. Come back for a part I, I two where we actually
2: can... address the topic. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um I
1: will just say I am looking forward to completing uh Voyager and I think seven of nine is probably gonna be very interesting, uh, and I agree with Paul that uh, the most interesting story arc, at least the most it, most, uh, if you still say so, uh, is Worf. The most defined and like clear story arc.
2: Well, I, I didn't say overall, but the, that's the one that stands oh, okay. out to me, especially stands from out. the early days.
1: I can't think of another since you pointed it out. So I'm like hard pressed. I was using Spock.
2: Well, you know, it's funny because I w- I was sitting there thinking before we we started talking, like who. Never got an arc, and it's it's like Riker barely got an arc, if anything, you know, just
0: exists. His
2: oh my gosh, arc that's true. Like, his arc is being the
0: husband of Deanna. Yeah.
2: Like I love Riker, but like he he doesn't really go through anything. He's just always Riker.
0: Riker. I mean, to to, to, to I'm gonna finish on like a bombshell here. To, Data, Billy gets an arc. Mm. Like he doesn't get an arc until he does the sacrifice to become, and that kind of makes him human. Another reason sense, but, why Picard is awesome, but before but, that, like <laughs> even if he has moments where he, you know, he's creating his daughter, that kind of stuff, like he doesn't have like a, f- a fully fledged out arc.
1: I know you're cutting the show, uh, but I think you're wrong. I do think it has more <laughs> of a, an arc than Riker, and I think there's a lot of stuff. But we'll talk about it in part two.
2: Okay.
0: I mean, if you if you if you guys are game, I'm game. Yep. Right. We'll talk about Ezri okay. Dax.
1: <laughs> Yeah, we. Oh. Are, there's so many arcs to talk about. There is. This is a <laughs> big topic. Okay. <laughs> I,
0: f- I feel less guilty about cutting this short then. Thank you guys so much. Uh, I'll see you guys back in part two. Uh, we'll organize when we can do that. Thank you guys. Uh, for being with me. Thank you everyone for listening along. Um, hopefully you'll tune in for uh the uh, unexpected part two where we actually talk about the topic. No, I think we did a good job about. We did. The topic. We did. All right. Live long and prosper.
1: Thanks for having me well, on. Bye.